Mojo Store. What's up, everybody? This is the Dojo Storm Podcast, and I am your host, Shane Mount, joined, as always, by Ash the Blue Belt. <laughs> What's going on, Ashley? Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. So we're a couple days behind, but we had good reason. We always say we have good reason. Well, first, it was not a good reason. <laughs> I got sick. Oh, yeah. Sorry, guys. I was very phlegmy. Yeah, we didn't want her coughing in your ears for 90 minutes. Yeah. But then we had the uh, the Boise Open, so. Much better reason. Yeah, that was, that was this past weekend. That was your first IBJJF tournament at Blue. Yes. And you finished in what place? First. First, gold. Gold. Makes you a champion. Gold. I, I don't know what that was. <laughs> or no, he says silver. Uh, what's his name? Cornelius, Yukon Cornelius. Who is Yukon Cornelius? <laughs> from Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer. You're such it's a mom. It's a, <laughs> a claymation. Oh, my goodness. Everyone who knows what that is will see that in their minds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was the first time Cornelius has ever been referenced on this podcast, and it wasn't in relation to Keenan. <laughs> we haven't said his name in a I while. Haven't. I've had no Keenan man love in the last episode. Man, love. Yeah. Sorry, I distracted you from what you were asking. <laughs> That's pretty much the story of this podcast. Yeah. So, gold, first time out at uh, IBJJF Blue. Mm-hmm. So, um, you want to talk about that a little bit? Uh, sure. Just, was that a question? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, just, you know, how, how did it feel? Um, Those were hard fights. Were they? I felt like I've had harder fights. Uh, do you think, okay, so that's good. Do you think that you had harder fights because your last IBJJF event was his white belt and that was almost a year ago, less preparation, less seminars, less sparring, less less understanding of jiu-jitsu. Like, so your first match was, um, everything was perfect from, from the passing to the position to all the, and both, both matches. So it was a three-woman division. So um, you won two fights. Both wins by submission while being up on points. So just really showing that, you know, you owned the whole match. Yeah. And uh, it looked very calm and composed. I felt very, a a lot calmer. I mean, I guess we could talk about that because I had a sort of epiphany when I was on the sideline after the first fight. Is this the music thing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, go for it. (laughs) Well, it's something in reference to what you had said before a long time ago. Like even, I think, before maybe before I was competing, um, sh- uh, you said that when your best fights were when you were wearing your headphones and you were, like, jamming to, like, reggae or something like that. Yeah. So I, when I did my first IBJJF at White Belt, I kind of took that and remembered that, and I had one song that I was singing over and over in my, ho- my head, and it was Top Shotter by DMX. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and so, like... I believe it's Top Shot. Okay. Excuse me. Good job, Becky. I'm very white. It's fine. Uh, and so, 
that helped me to stay calm because it had like a very like swaying beat and it wasn't like, you know, screamo music. Yeah, I've never um I've never understood. I see guys like everyone's different, right? So I'm not here to judge, but some guys really like try to amp themselves up for a fight. And I'm like, this isn't a fight. It's a game. It's not personal. It's not the there shouldn't is, be a bunch of emotion in it. Like I'm already highly emotional. No. <laughs> and I'm already like very high anxiety just as a person. I don't need any help with that. And just like walking in to a tournament automatically like I all of my like alarms are going off in my head like sure. you're in danger, you're about to get killed, everything's wrong. And so I'm already at this like heightened level of holy crap, this is a very intense and terrifying place that you're in. Mm -hmm. So I need something to bring me Is out. that getting that less and less though the more you do these? Be honest. No. No? Not okay. yet. Okay. I mean... For me, it was. That's if, why I asked. If I remain calm and I just say to myself, you are okay. This is just for learning experience, uh, learning purposes, um, and for fun. Mm -hmm. I remain calm. If I look at the other girl and I'm like, oh, my God, this is terrifying. She has a shaved head. And, oh, my God, I'm going to lose. Then I, you know, I start amping myself up and then I feel worse. I have to control my emotions. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> like that's not a topic of conversation every day in our house. Pretty much every single day. So, and, and that is a huge, huge struggle for me, but it's one of the reasons why I love jujitsu. Well, that is a huge challenge for me Martial arts is supposed to be more than physical. It's supposed to be a, a mental and a mind-body connection and yeah. harnessing Ooh. your spirit. I think a lot of people are different, but maybe this is like, uh, maybe it's just me, but I, I can maybe see a correlation with women and men because like if you watch the men's fights, a lot of them are very like, you know, like, ah, oh, yeah, like, that felt so good, and, like, beating their chest or whatever. I don't know. I've seen a little bit different. No, when you see, like, at the upper levels, like, at the worlds or whatever, females what scream, <laughs> rip the gi open, yeah. drop their knees, chucking deuces up to God or whoever. Like, hey. yeah, it's just the, uh, the electricity of the environment into it yeah. and this one was a smaller one too so that's very small uh, much less people in the building uh only three rings going on at a time so this was the smallest ibjjf event i have ever seen in my life um nonetheless ran ran pretty smooth and everything was okay um i want to talk about your preparation going into this one because and this is my perspective. You were sidelined for two weeks. Like you said, we didn't do the podcast because you were sick. And you were like tore down sick. Yeah. Not COVID, like just a cold that wouldn't go away, you know. And then, and then we had our season change here in Idaho. So then allergies stacked on top of that. And then just other. Right. Other stuff, other stuff going on. Um, you know, it, it's, it's no giant secret. You're a female. So we can say female issues. Like <laughs> you just had the perfect storm of bad luck. And then. We talked about your tinnitus on past episodes and how that affects your sleep. You were getting terrible sleep here. Um, and because it's out of the bag and everyone knows we're a couple, we had a couple moments where we weren't 100% firing on all cylinders together at home. So 
And I'm thinking to myself, this is not the ideal pre-tournament conditions. However, that last week, you got back on the mat, and we just kept saying, hey, we're going to have fun. We're going to have fun. We're going to have fun. And uh, your training looked good. Yeah, a couple hiccups here and there. Um, one night you were, like, completely derailed. But I was, hey, man, get it together. And, and you, you did. You turned it around and, and had a great practice. How did that last week feel? Because you, before, that Sunday before, you were kind of spiraling. Like, man, I haven't trained in two weeks. Like, I, I don't even know if I should go. And plus, you've got some injuries. you got some things going on with your finger, shoulder, knee. Like, you've got a, a lot of real things. These aren't – they're not made-ups. And with all of that and all this other negative stuff going on, you still manage to have a really strong week of training and and pull out flawless wins, really. I mean, even going back and watching your footage, it's hard to – find not hard but it's I had to have a very very like critical eye to be like this is what we need to do those matches were perfect yeah. almost perfect so I'm so glad we have this on recording don't worry you'll mess it up <laughs> but so let's talk about that like you were in a that Sunday night before you came back to the mat you weren't in a, in a good place and you were thinking about not even doing it. So what turned it around for you that week? Like, how were you able just to, like, get on track and, and have one of the best competition performances of your career so far? You did as my coach. That's it? <laughs> you, you, what you said. You said, let's just go out there and have a good time and see what we need to work on. And I said, okay, I can do that. Yeah. Well, and I think it's important for everyone to remember, this has to stay fun. Jiu-jitsu has to stay fun. And it's not going to be fun all the time, man. <laughs> man like, it's not fun all the time. I've got a 6 a.m. class tomorrow. It's not going to be fun. It's going to be cold and dark, and those guys are all big. And, and But, like, you, but you, you have to remember your why, why you started doing it and why you're going out there and competing. And Those things have changed. Like, my why has changed. but And it will a couple more times. Yeah. You know? But, it, like, you helped me, you pulled me out of my funk, and then also, like, one of my teammates did, too. Like, um, what? No, it's not you. Oh. It's the, there's, <laughs> there's a cat in the studio, and she, too, wants a microphone. <clears throat> I'll just say his name, because we have people who listen. Yeah. <clears throat> Malachi is one of my teammates, and he has been there for me since the very first tournament. And I'll never forget, I didn't even know him. And, like, from my first match, when I came off and I was like, I shouldn't be here. I've been training for, what, two, three weeks? Three weeks, And yeah. I just came off of this, and I don't even know the rules, and that was probably really stupid. <clears throat> he was like, you know, I couldn't feel my forearms, and he was, like, rubbing my forearms. And just he's been a very good teammate and has always helped to pull me back and say, hey, you're doing okay, you're going to be okay. He yeah. helps ground me. That's one of the first things that everyone needs to realize is, like, when you when you get there and everyone's, you know, doing their thing, you got to look around and, like, for one, if you're just, like, a casual competitor, first you got to tell yourself, I deserve to be here. You know, like, I, I have earned the rank that I'm wearing, just like everyone else, and I deserve to be here. And... Um, Professor Hobson said to me once, he goes, you know, if you look at the black belt finals, you know, the, the, the top guys, any one of them can win, right? Like there's no, like, it's definitely this guy. It's definitely that guy. And, you know, I, I took that further. I think that's, that's any, any division, you know, like, even down to the white belt, like 
anyone who's there can win because even if you are the, the greatest, you know, and you underestimate the other guy or you mistime something or, you know, like that could be it. And I think that's what keeps jiu-jitsu so interesting is there is no lock. Like this guy's going to win. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. So anyway, you did fantastic. Uh, represent the team well, represent, you know, your association well. Um, nothing but good things from everyone who was there. And uh, so that was just a really, really cool experience. We need to get... Uh, Do you remember what I was going to say? Go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, we need to get Dojo Storm yeah. badges for, for when you're out there. That'd be cool. Yeah. So what were you going to say? I was going to say, well, I think one of the questions that is related to this, but I wanted to bring up that you had told me in the past to have a mind map, mm-hmm. and that really helped me um, prepare for my competition. And so when we were training that week... I was really doing focused training. Yeah. I was doing like a few really focused takedowns with sequences, and I drilled those every single day, like the same thing. And I mean, I was hurting a little bit from that, but once I knew I was hurting, I did the steps to, to you know, take care of my recovery. Yes, that's one thing. Um, you were on the recovery work more this time than I've ever seen. Well, that's because someone was... Yeah, I had my foot in your ass, but... So annoying. Right, but <laughs> I, I think it had Are to you going to chirp wheel? Are you going to roll? There's that thing over there. Once you get on the so spine, once you do this, oh my God, I'll just do it. Fine. <laughs> yeah, but it was necessary. Yeah, but... You have to take care of the machine. Right, like you, you spend ninety minutes tearing it down. You can spend fifteen or twenty just yeah, helping it. It so. did make a huge difference. So yeah. thank you. No, no, it's it's, <laughs> it's a hard thing because um, you're you're thirty two. That's how old. And but you have the mindset that you're twenty two. I am twenty two. You have you have man problems. Like 22. like I get out there with the twenty one and twenty two year olds, and I try to like go like they do. And then I remember that I'm not usually the next day. Right. And you're just like that. Or like a lot of female jiu-jitsu athletes that I've met, if they're not serious competitors, they go out there and they play around and they do their thing. But then, you know, they, they like, they know their limit and they slide to the side or whatever. No, no, not you. You're just like, (laughs) Oh, war. I have a little bit of a competitive Mm -hmm. problem. An ego. (laughs) Yes. Hmm. Big giant one. Yeah. So anyway, Sorry, let's. Really uh, loud. Yeah, you just we've established you're just it's, yelling tonight. It's every day. I'm gonna turn your mic down, but uh, <laughs> so we've already spent more time than I wanted to there, but that's okay. Um, it was interesting. Yeah, no, you and you, it was fun. you did fantastic. Um, we didn't even say how I won. Uh, first one, nice north south Kimura. The second one, really terrible armbar. Yeah, like um. Really bad. I don't even remember it. Maybe we'll put the videos up. You did get an IBJJF repost on Instagram of your Kimura video. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, it is. I've been doing this for almost 20 years, and I've never gotten an IBJJF anything except for the T-shirt. Wow. So very good. Um, now you just had great performances, you know, and, like, uh, just people standing to the left and the right were like, oh, wow. Like, I did for, you did the Hobson Moore team proud. You know, people were like, oh, I didn't even know there was a Hobson Moore team out here, and then it was pretty cool coming off and like seeing te- my teammates being like, they 
Yeah. Oh, and that was another thing too. We had a big, was that awesome. was one of the largest support sections we've had. Um, and everyone had the, the comp team shirt on and it was like, amazing. it was easy to find our crew and, uh, just a very, because, you know, when you do these things, you have, you know, Alianza and Gracie Baja and the, and the big associations and they always come out in big numbers and the matching shirts and the everything. And it's, it's kind of intimidating and like, I think we were right there with them in, in presence and in numbers in, in apparel in like, it was, it was a very unified thing. And that for me years ago, when we were still Novo Nyao, like I remember being at worlds and that's a scary place and looking up and seeing hundreds of people from Brazil, United States, wherever. I didn't even know all of them, but they all had the same shirt on and I could hear that Novo Nyao song and like, it was like, okay, I'm not really alone out here. I totally am. Like, it's not like any of them is <laughs> going to come out here and tag in. It's not the WWE. But but it does help. It really does help. And so. It really helps. Yeah. It really makes Feels a great. difference. Yeah. So. Oh, so that was it. Let's let's leave the tournament alone. We did promise everyone a, a relationship episode. Here we go. <laughs> but Especially before we get to that. tournament week. It's a good time to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before we get to that, um, as always, this podcast is brought to you guys by Gym Desk. Gym Desk is a fully immersive gym management software for any type of martial arts and or yoga. Um, if you are not using Gym Desk, you really need to give it a try. They do a great interactive trial. The tech support is amazing. I've been a Gym Desk user myself for at least five years. Um, it was previously called Martial Arts on Rails, and the owner is a jiu-jitsu guy. So he understands the, the needs of an academy owner and the features are great. And I would have way less hard time with it if I bothered to read any of the instruction material that they send out because they send out fantastic like how to navigate and the videos like they, they provide she such. Well, because I've used so many of these that I'm like, okay, if you know one, you know them all. And that's, that's honestly not true. This one is so much more intuitive and so much easier that I make things harder than they need to be within the software. And the point is... When I ask for help, I get help right away. I'm dying right now. Don't blow up the sponsor spot there, buddy. I'm really sorry. (laughs) So Gym Desk, you got to check it out. Um, You know, there's a lot of other good ones out there, but you owe it to yourself. And the pricing is low. I'm paying way less than I've ever paid for gym management software. And I'm getting way more than I've ever got. So Gym Desk, check it out. Ashley would talk more about it, but she runs from the computer. So... One day we will teach her so I can do other things. I just feel like while you're doing the sponsor like spotlight, I should sing a song in the background. No, no. <laughs> I will mute the living hell out of your mic. Okay, so relationship episode. So I took a little bit of time. I was thinking about this. And, uh, man, there's so many things that could be talked about. But we want to, like, keep it brief and, and move through some different because there's different types of jujitsu relationships so i'm gonna start this with something somebody told me a long time ago when i was a kid one day you'll be an instructor and if you get romantically involved with one of your students only one of two things can happen first you'll end up with a wife or you'll end up with a canceled membership That's the only two ways it can go. And I know there are all types of opinions about, no, you should not date your student. It's not appropriate. It's not this. It's not that. Um, Even I have said that before. I I broke 
my own rules when you came along, but it can work. You know, um, it's been tough. It definitely has different strains on, on us, but it can work. And it's not like we're the only couple doing. I know several academies that are run by <clears throat> couples or couples who are both active competitors. So there's a bunch of different dynamics with jujitsu couples, I think. And I kind of broke them into a few categories. And not all of them are going to apply to us. But the first is teammate to teammate. Like if we were both just students there at the academy. And I think those relationships, they're tough. But it can work. I think there's some pros and cons to that. Um, you've never experienced that. Mm-mm. But, you know, long before I was an instructor, um, my ex-wife and I were teammate, teammate. And it didn't work well for us because I think certain people can't train well together. We were the same rank too, so it wasn't like a one over the other thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the competition thing was too bad. And so like, okay, we're not going to drill together. We're not going to roll together. And it was always like, you go harder on me than other people. Or <laughs> you do, and I'm like, mm, no, I don't. And, it, and she was actually really talented. So that was the, like, I was fighting to save my own ass. And she was coming for me. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think teammate to teammate is tough. And I, you haven't been involved in that one, so you probably don't have a lot to say. The problem with that is, is eventually, if it doesn't, end in a marriage it's going to end in losing a teammate and that that sucks you know um especially if you have someone who you do work well with or is just an integral part of your team you know like if especially like a lot of academies don't have a lot of females yet so some will have like you know a handful here and there but they don't have like a giant so if you lose a female who's a great teammate uh, maybe competitor and or mentor or makes new women feel comfortable. If she leaves because of a a failed relationship, that's a that's a huge loss to everyone, not just to the to the people who who broke up, but the academy as a whole takes a hit. Mm-hmm. So it's a dangerous game, and I think if you're going to to play that game, you need to make sure this is something real and not just some sort of attraction or fling or we went on a couple dates and hooked up or whatever. Like if you're going to bring that dynamic to your happy place, to your, to your mat, to your team, then it's, it's got to be something real. And that's all I think on the teammate to teammate thing. Yeah. I mean, like, and a lot of that's going to apply to my other scenarios too. I mean, that, that kind of covered a lot of it. Like if, if you're going to, you know, they say like you, you shouldn't date in the workplace and just certain things are un, unavoidable. You know, you spend so much time, around someone and you may not have, you know, a big social life outside of work and outside of jiu-jitsu, you may just really sleep and do laundry and whatever. I mean, that's, that is the case for some of us. So how do you truly meet people? And then you begin to realize, so for one, always initial physical attraction. Okay. That's a thing. But then you start to spend time with people and jiu-jitsu brings out the worst in people. Like you can see them at their lowest and like when they're struggling and if you can still, feel something about someone through that, then like, that's great. You know, like it. I'm seeing a couple of people be in relationships and like there's, we have a married couple right now and it's, more really, than one. it's really fun to see that. And yeah. And like they you, do really well. Damien Snow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
and you know, so that's a good example. Like they prefer to work together. Like, mm -hmm. and it's cool because like they're, they're the same size, so there's that. Um, it's fun when they're mad at each other because you look over and you're like, oh, they're mad at each other. Look away. <laughs> well, and for them, it's different though because they have all of their children are training. Mm -hmm. This is truly a family thing for them. You it's know, like really neat to see. That. Yeah, when their car pulls up, all four doors swing open and five geese get out. You know, <laughs> like that's that that is a jujitsu family, and. I, th I think that's fantastic. And that's really awesome. without throwing too much of their business out there, she has pulled me to the side before and she's like, Hey, this is, this has been really great for us. You know, like we were good before they're a good family, mm -hmm. you know, they're very tight knit and all, but like, you know, um, for Damien, who's, you know, your teammate, my student, but he's also my friend. And, um, this has been something he has always wanted to do as a kid. And for whatever reason, like it didn't line up schedule wise or whatever. And so like, as an adult, it was his wife who was like, Hey, you should go do this. Mm -hmm. His kids were already training with me. And then, man, he jumped in head first, dropped a bunch of weight and we got excited. And then, um, Hey, it's a relationship episode. We're just going to put it all out there. She was like his confidence, like around the house, like just like, he got like sexy almost, you know, like, and you know, he had, he, like he, when he first joined, he didn't talk to us a lot. And then now he's in there joking with all the guys. And like, I think like uh, being involved in, I don't want to say like his confidence went up. He's already a great dad and he's, you know, killing it at his job. I think being part of something like, yeah, maybe confidence, but just belonging, belonging to something other than your coworkers, it'll do wonders for your mental and, um, and that's amazing when that spills over into your home life and then you're able to bring your family into jiu-jitsu. And, you know, that's a, that's a family that's going to train forever, you know, all of them, I hope. Yeah, you know. I can see that. I really hope the kids keep going with it too because they're super talented, mm -hmm. you know. But, you know, that's a great example of, of uh, teammate to teammate, and it works, and they do prefer to train together. There are some married couples I know who they handle it completely different. And mm -hmm. when they get there, they walk in the building, they both go separate directions. <laughs> and, and that's fine because it's like they both get to enjoy jiu-jitsu together, but it doesn't have to lead to, like, the problems that my ex-wife and I had where, like, oh, you're going too hard or this or that, or, like, it takes that competition part out, and then it keeps it exciting so that you get to, like, on the ride home, like, oh, man, in my role today I got this and that. And you can almost talk to them like they weren't there because they were busy doing that. And I think that's really healthy too. You just have to know what your relationship works like. Like you and I drill well together when your head's in the game. I was going to say. <laughs> like you and I have had some really, really productive, good drilling sessions. And we've had some not so good ones too. And that's usually whenever... I'm not blaming you, but when you don't leave the outside outside, like I can tell like a rough work day or feeling stressed or whatever, and it just kind of bleeds all over your jiu-jitsu. But when you're on it. I want to strangle you, and then I bring that onto the mat. I can't do that because you're also my professor. Well, it has never stopped you from trying. <laughs> <laughs> trying be the key word. So, yeah, I guess we're, we're into it. The student to teacher, that's a different dynamic. Very, very different. What has been the hardest part for you? Competition weeks. Want me to tell Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're all waiting. <clears throat> I don't know what it is about, 
like the nerves, the anxiety, like training specifically for, or like. Yeah, but you didn't have any of that this past time. I did. There was one day. The day that I told you to get together and you did. Yeah, I wanted to. Oh, I was so mad at you. So mad at you. But did you get it together? I just ignored. I was like, okay, just push all of that aside and just do what you're going to do. So you got it together. Okay, I was just checking. Do what you do. So, okay, here's... I used that as my fuel. Whatever. Here's, <laughs> here has been your issue for the last year and a half. Oh, goodness. Being able to separate who I am out there. You still look at me and take things personal that aren't personal. They are personal. It's not. You have <laughs> hired me to do a job. You you hired me. Uh. And that was to teach you jiu-jitsu, right? So the job of a teacher is to teach the class. When you decide that you're going to be a competitor, then you have doubled down and you're like, now I need this guy to coach me. Yeah. And a coach is supposed to push and to make you uncomfortable so that you can get comfortable in the uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, and um, Professor Joseph posted something about this like a while back, and like you and him unanimously agree on this, which is. Yeah, we kind of share a brain. Yeah. You guys, like, you have a lot of similarities in the way that you coach and everything. And um, what it was is that if you're going to step out on the mat and compete for your team name so not just our school but also our our affiliation mm -hmm. you better like show up and mm -hmm. and do your best and if you're not going to do that like don't compete and so yeah and our job is to reach in and pull the best out of you because you and i have talked about this before maybe on the podcast and definitely you will give the i know my limit thing like everyone oh i, I know my limit i know my limit and the reality is the limit is usually beyond that. Yeah. That's one of the things that I, I learned in the military when we'd be out rucking, you know, uh, for those of you who don't know what rucking is, it's a lot of weight in a pack and just pretty much walking for, and you're like, oh man, my back, my and knees, my, yeah, yeah. And you're like, okay, I'm, I'm at my limit. I'm at my limit. And you have some sort of instructor or cadre or team leader who's like, well, good news, bad news. You know, like, mm -hmm. Bad news is, is we don't care what your limit is. Good <laughs> news is we know exactly far how far we have to go. Here's something interesting. Um, we touched on this earlier. The hardest part for me is the mental. Like I, I can push myself physically far beyond. Everybody can do that. And for me, that's the easy part. I, like it doesn't matter what's hurting during class. I can push through it. Physically, I'm fine. Mentally... I get so caught up in the the fear, the anxiety of prepping, the I'm not going to be good enough, I'm not going to But that's the real make fight. Make you proud, make my teammates proud. That's the real fight. Anyone can do the physical. That's the whole point. Right. Like so like you know what the difference between like not that I was ever a Navy SEAL, but I worked with quite a few of those guys. You know what the difference between a Navy SEAL and a guy who who didn't complete the training is? Mm -hmm. One gave up. That's it. The training, you know, whether you're talking about that or, you know, like any anything, we'll use military because it's what I know. The training is not something that is superhuman, right? It, it's something that most people can physically do. Yeah. 
even you have to believe in it. Right. Even if you look at, like, you can pull it up. Like, what are the physical graduation requirements for whether you're talking about, like, ranger school or, or, you know, one of these, your local police force SWAT team or anything, the physical requirements are not incredible. In fact, there are higher standards at, like, CrossFit gyms and things. Like, it's a who's going to quit and so when you're saying the mental, the mental, that's that's all of it. That's that's the when you say I know my limit, it's not because you really know your limit, it's because you're tired and you don't want to do it anymore. When I say you, I mean everyone. You're yeah. like, oh man, I know me. Or my favorite is I, when I was still training MMA fighters, I'd be like, Oh, I know my body. Yeah. You don't know a damn thing about your body. It's more like I want to be done. Sure. Like I'm done with this. Right. <laughs> and what do I tell you guys all the time? We don't stop when we're tired, we stop when we're done. Yeah. Right? When it's but finished. It, it makes a huge difference because then when you get in those positions in competition, you're like, there's no way out. I'm so glad I put the time in. Yeah. Well, and that's that's why I said that a good coach's job is to reach in and, and pull that out and to make you uncomfortable. And I don't care if you guys get mad at me or you hate me. You'll love me later. So here's the difficult part of that. I don't get to go home and complain to anyone. But you shouldn't anyway, <laughs> because you're paying for it. You <laughs> asked for it. Yes, and I still want it. But I need, like, there's a, you, a, as a partner, you have a safe space in your partner, and you can go to that person and divulge what happened during the day, and you're, you're venting. In the, right, in but the if life. I wasn't your coach, and you came home, and I was a jiu-jitsu guy on a different team, whatever, and you came home, and you like, coach, is this and that? And I'd be like, stop, you're paying him. <laughs> you don't get to complain for what you asked him to do. In fact, you're getting your money's worth. I would be on his <laughs> side, too. You don't get to complain about That's the process. on everyone else's. <laughs> no, because... You forget I was a competitor and and yeah. did the fighting thing and, and did the service thing, and I didn't get to lay there and go, oh, my God, they're so mean to me. <laughs> no, this is what's expected of me, and I can either cry here like a little bitch or I can get up and get this thing done. Yeah. And I choose get up and get it done. Yeah. And it sucks. Round after round sucks mm. or day after day sucks, but... Nothing beats that feeling. Yeah, did you think about any of that shit when you were standing up there cheesing with that big old gold medal clanking around I your neck? you going to make it another reference to my huge teeth. No. <laughs> no, I did not. Right, yeah, like it, you know, like it was, it was the, I'm going to screw up the quote, but Ali's like, man, I suffered every day in the cool. gym, you know, like, I, like that. Yeah. That's hell. That's the hard work is the preparation. The competition is just collecting what you've bought. You know, was was the uh, success has a, has a, isn't free and rent is due every day or you know whatever the, whatever the little cute Instagram sayings are now you got to you got to do the work and there are gonna be days you don't want to do the work and you have to realize and this is a relationship episode, episode now we're talking about competition <laughs> but like your your Related. significant other only wants the best for you mm -hmm. and the only thing I can say is do I push you maybe harder. Than some other people. Yes. Bet your sweet ass because <laughs> I would rather drive you to hating me some days, but then see what I saw Saturday, that smile, that that metal, that because I want nothing but the best for you. 
and I can deal with a couple nights of you being angry with me, and it's worth it. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, and, like, uh, your other teammate, Nick, you know, him and I mm-hmm. are very close, and he's a CrossFit coach, and uh, him and I had this conversation all the time. Where he's like, he drove his ex-wife harder because she was a CrossFit athlete. And, like, yeah, that sucks. When you guys date the coach – the expectation is probably going to be a little harder. I told you that when you joined. is very intense. I told you that when you joined, I said, your road's going to be a little harder. You know, like, I'm going to expect a little more. And and that's partially for your protection because I don't want anyone anywhere to say, well, Ashley gets promoted because of where she sleeps. Or I have nightmares about that. Oh, about people <laughs> assuming that your success comes from. Yes. Yeah, but you, when you keep winning like this, no one can say anything. If they do, they're just a fool because you are proving it. You are doing the work. You are, you're out there. You're yeah. doing it. And so, yeah, I'm going to drive you. And even some people will be like, oh, man, he's really hard on you. That's not their place. <laughs> they don't, they don't got to worry about it. And you know what? They're not pulling down gold medals either. So those people should stay in their lane <laughs> because your lane is winning and you're doing it. You are doing it. You are paving the way for the females on this team. You are making a name for yourself in your town, leaving your mark in your association. You are doing it. Yeah. And it's all you. Yeah. No one's winning those fights. I'm not fighting mm-hmm. for you. You're not being coddled. You, you get it worse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's worth it in the end. <laughs> it's worth it in the end. It's just you got to try to separate those days where you're like, oh, good, he's being harder on me. Yeah, comes from a good place. And I've never asked you to do anything that I haven't done. That's important. Yeah. It's okay. I'll still try to triangle you every night, even if I can't finish. As you should. I hope you bring a better one than that weak-ass one yesterday. I will. Don't you come out of nowhere. Just watch. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so the, the third type was uh, rival schools. When you're dating someone who trains across town at a rival school. Oh, I don't know anything about that. Yeah, I've done that one once. Very short-lived. <laughs> Very. It just It gets weird. Like, because you enjoy jiu-jitsu so much, and you're like, oh, hey, you know, let me show you this thing that we were working. And then you're people are like, oh, are you over there like, Given them all our, oh. you know, which is silly because, I mean, all of jiu-jitsu is on the internet, on books and DVDs. There's no secrets. This isn't like, you know, some fantasy movie where, like, the, the Wu-Tang Clan has secret techniques that they can't ever teach the Shaolin. Like, that just doesn't, it's not real. Like, we're all doing the same shit. Your nerd is showing. Yeah, most people who are listening to this podcast are the same type. <laughs> uh, but... But where it got weird for us was like, um, so I said my ex-wife trained. She eventually went to another academy because we thought, okay, that'll make it better. So she switched up teams, right? And I was like, okay, whatever, cool, do you, I'll do me. And I remember it was one year and they went to have the Christmas party. And it was a formal thing. So you dress up and they like rented a place. And uh, so I remember shirt and tie and the whole nine and I was her plus one. And it was the most awkward thing ever (laughs) because I've beaten these guys. You know, and I'm like, hey. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, jiu-jitsu community, and it's supposed to be you know, like love and whatever. And yeah, it's all cool. But like, 
that was a weird place for me to be. Was at, you know, this Carlson Gracie Christmas party. And <laughs> I'm like, what's up, guys? Uh. And you know, certain people would, like, give her a hard time, you know. And certain teammates of mine gave me a hard time. This is before I was on our menu. So, like, there are different attitudes about it. And, like, it just over time it gets kind of strange. When you go to a tournament and your other half is a tournament and they're with their crew and you're with your crew. and That'd be very weird. Yeah, it's just kind of like, uh, you know, it's just like almost like a Romeo and Juliet thing. Oh, yeah. You know, and it and it's just, it's tough. Um, we recently had uh, one of my first students in Idaho. She was training with me for a while and then she went away for different reasons and came back around and her significant other does jujitsu and she tried, and uh, it just it caused problems for him. You know, it was just it was uncomfortable. You know, and he was valid. He's like, man, I miss training with you. And seeing you know, the stuff he said to her, and I'm talking to her, and I said, look, man, I would love to have you on my team. However, if this is causing problems for you, you got to go back. Like, it's not it's not worth it. You need to go back to where where everything is good. You know, and you just got to find a way to enjoy where you're training more and. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I talked to her again the other day. She's like, oh, man, we're just we're working together more and um, finding different ways to train. And she's got some female friends and does some open mats and things, and she's filling the gap. So it was just too much strain for them to be on, you know, other teams. Mm -hmm. And I, I, some people are listening to this big man. That's so ridiculous. It's really not, though, because you spend so much time with these people and, like, you become so close and invested, and it's really tough to not share that with because they're close and invested. So, like, you know, I can never fault her for, for you know, she was with us for a couple of weeks, and she tried that shoe on, and it just didn't really fit. They only, that's okay. Mm -hmm. She still was watching your match and was super stoked for you and congratulating you and yeah. came by and said hi to all of us. And it was it, awesome. Yeah, it's not like some West Side Story gang beef. It's just <laughs> it made more sense for her and her family situation to stay where she was. And so I think that's probably the hardest one that we talked about would be that, being involved with the jiu-jitsu person of another team, that one, that's probably the most strain. And it's not saying it can't be done. And like, is it uh, Mackenzie Dern and, and her guy were on different teams for a long time, you know, and this, it is what it is. I mean, any of these things can work. If two people are, are serious about each other in their relationship, they can all work, mm -hmm. but they all have different challenges and different things. I would just say... Don't join jujitsu to find a significant other. And don't intentionally, like there are black belts that are school owners out there who intentionally like use the school as their dating pool or whatever. Like I never expected you to walk into the school. I'll never forget like your first day. I was sitting there with Tanil, who you mentioned earlier, and you walked in. We had emailed back and forth about your trial, but I had never seen you or never whatever, and you walked in, and I was looked at Tanil, and I was like, oh, <laughs> not going to say it. Still haven't dropped the F-bomb on the cast. <laughs> and Tanil's like, what? And I'm like, ah, that's my wife, dude. <laughs> like, I knew. I was like, that's, that's my girl. And, uh, yeah, well, I mean, we were quiet about it for a bit, and, you know, and then – and open about it and we've had our issues and you know took time apart and but like you've popped into other places and tried on other academies and came back around and 
You know, like it's it's not easy. You know, like if you look at like the Angelica Andre Gaval like Instagram and all, like oh my god, their life so it can't really be what the Instagram shows. No, no. There's got to be issues, you know. And the same with you know, um, you're really big in uh, Maggie Grindotti and Cyborg. Like Mm -hmm. their life looks perfect on social media. It can't. There's going to be struggles with any relationship. I have learned that in a healthy relationship, there is healthy conflict. Yeah. What that looks like is, I mean, that's a whole other other different podcast that I. Like, I can't really shed light on that. But yeah, I'm, I don't think that's our podcast. That's one we'd listen to, <laughs> not make. That's a, But we're learning each other still even and will be for years and years. But I, both of us have very highly competitive, highly passionate, like motivated and driven personalities. Those can sometimes... And you're also still very new to this world. Very, yeah. Right, so like... The where I take for granted that I've grown up with this, like competition, martial arts, the structure, the discipline, where you came from complete opposite, just kind of like do what feels good. from the dance world. Right. So it's not, it's expression over discipline and like. 100%. So you're adapting. I mean, we can see that in your competition and your preparation, your general calm and whatever, like you're, you're doing really well. So you're adapting to a new relationship and a new lifestyle at the same time. But uh, I think, you know, this last tournament shows that it's working really well. My mic keeps going in and out. It's this cable again. I do apologize if it sounds like I'm uh, that Ace Ventura team behind the sliding door. I wish you guys could see her face. That's her favorite movie ever. And because <laughs> it's my I, favorite actor. Because I referenced Ace Ventura, she just lit up. <laughs> She's like, I can't believe this is him. That was the only Does funny it, part of that is movie. Is this like opening the floodgates? Am I allowed to nope. quote Ben Ace Ventura? You like can do whatever you want. It's just oh. going to kill our ratings, which already oh. suck on Apple Podcasts. By the way. Guys, if you're listening to this, go on Apple Podcasts and throw a five-star or something. Somebody really hated us and just clicked off a bunch of ones. I don't know Did what. they really? I don't know. Our Apple Podcast rating sucks, and our Spotify podcast rating is amazing. So <laughs> That's it, weird. Yeah, it's somebody on Apple really dislikes us. So... Anyway, let's get back on track. We talked about the types. Let's talk about the benefits. Um, what do you think has helped you being in a jiu-jitsu relationship? Um, I can think of a few. Well, just being able to talk about it when we're having, you know, if I have questions I can ask you, you're really, like, really good about answering my questions, which is really helpful for me. And, and then it's just fun to talk about it. And it's yeah. fun. This is, like, my love so I was thinking maybe a little more um, practical, like... Really? Yeah, usually I'm. No. I don't I'm have shocked. to feel... Like, we have we train with a lot of married guys. You know, like, a lot of your teammates are married guys, and their wives aren't involved in jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. And they are like, oh, I can't go because I got to this and that. Like, I'm going to be on the mat because you're going to be on the mat. And it's like... Yeah, it sucks the days you can't make it, but I don't ever have to feel guilty about jujitsu because my significant other does jujitsu, and mm-hmm. like so, she gets it, um, which I think is amazing. That itself is worth its weight in gold when your partner is doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, if I'm like, you've never been like, don't buy that gi, or we can't afford that seminar, or you know, you're like man, let me go donate this plasma really quick so we can go to the seminar. You know, like you're, you're actually like totally 
not supportive, like over supportive. Like there have probably been times where I'm like, I don't really need that gear. And you're like, oh, it's a good one. You've always wanted to get it. <laughs> you know, so it, it makes it easier on me. I think I, as a jiu-jitsu guy, I'm blessed to have a jiu-jitsu female because you understand and you're just as excited, if not more excited about certain things, you know, like every time I'm like, oh, I just booked this guy for a seminar, you're like stoked. Not like, oh my God, here we go again. We're going to have this strange person in our house or this, whatever. You're, you're like stoked. You're, you're on it. Like, that's awesome. Where other guys are like, babe, can I go? <laughs> you're like, sign me up. <laughs> you're always I first. I didn't even think about it like that. Yeah. There's no guilt about, hey, I can't be there because I got to go to this open mat or like our date night won't be till eight instead of six because we have open mat on Friday. You've been cool. Like, you're rushing to get there and then we go home and we shower and we go out or we do whatever, you know, like, mm -hmm. so that's huge. That, that guilt-free training thing. I think that's a big benefit. Well, it's a little different too. Like you have to be there. Sure. But, <laughs> but I don't have, but I don't feel bad about it. Yeah. Whereas when I have been involved with non-jujitsu people, there's almost like a certain level of guilt because my workday starts when everyone else's ends. Yeah. You know, I have the, it's unfortunate that we don't get as much like family dinner time. And uh, I do miss out on, you know, like um, story time and bedtime and stuff with, with your daughter, mm -hmm. uh, except for weekends and whatever, but it won't be that way forever. There'll be assistant instructors and people to take over. And, you know, it's, I always notice like, Hobson was never there till the academy was closed. He did his thing and then, you know, he took off and there'd be a class after that someone taught or if there was open, we would mop up and, and lock the door or whatever. He's got a family. And yeah. so he found that balance and, you know, it's just where I'm just working to find that balance. That's the only downside to being a, but the upside is the three of us are in the academy together. You know, we built that kid's room. So she's got a place to chill and mm -hmm. you know, she's watching cartoons and half the time she's not really watching cartoons. She's watching the mat. I see her looking out and seeing what we're doing. And sometimes when yeah. there's no lion guard on. <laughs> when you said lion guard the other day, I didn't realize it was a TV show. I thought that was like some cool thing that you guys knew that I didn't know. I'm like, I want to learn the lion guard. Like that's sick. <laughs> it's like a jiu-jitsu thing. <laughs> lion guard. Nope. But, uh, no, so for me, that's a huge benefit. Yeah, well, I mean, maybe you should start thinking about who's going to teach that class since you made lots no. of promises. Don't put that out there. <laughs> <laughs> no. He's making a really funny face right now. <laughs> Other things have to happen first. <laughs> yes. So, um... Because you don't think about this stuff as much as I do. I think another benefit, like right now, was going into competition. While I'm not competing anymore, you are. But I also don't give you a hard time when you're like, I need to go run, or I need to do this, or I need to do this mobility stuff, or because I've been there, and I know what you're going through. You didn't have a weight cut this time, which was awesome. But in the past, when you were cutting weight, I was supportive because I understood it where I think that might be hard for other couples too if you have a significant other that doesn't do this and they're like well why can't you just eat ice cream with me or why can't you just skip you know competition class or whatever to Netflix with me like it's hard for normies to understand why people <laughs> compete 
I don't. <laughs> well, that's how you isolate a follower base by calling them normies. <laughs> Fantastic. It was just a joke, but yeah. like people who don't compete, it's like right. it doesn't make sense to them. Like, why are you Even doing this? It's terrifying. Who don't yeah, it's terrifying. It's it's fun. Yeah. So I think it helps to have a significant other who has done that. You it know, does. When you were cutting weight, you know, I would tease you about M and M's and things, but I truly knew where not to like take you to eat or you know, there was that well one tournament where I, I prepped all that chicken and all that that week of Oh yeah. You know, like just and you knowing trying to help out, um I, I don't have the PTA skills or the knowledge of the body you have, but I tried to work on your shoulder the other night the best I could. Mm-hmm. And just You Mr. Miyagi'd me. I did. Um <laughs> I thought you were going to clap your hands together. No, I was going to make a wax on, wax off joke, but I realized how that could be taken in the wrong way, and that's gross. <laughs> There'll be no waxing. Oh, I didn't know where you were going with that. Yeah. But I think it helps. Um, I really wish when I was an active competitor that I would have had a significant other that was maybe... This new... Right. Going through who right, because experienced it. I will never forget... Uh, I was cutting weight for, uh, I think it was like a kickboxing fight or something. And it was a friend's birthday. And the girl I was seeing at the time, it was like, it wasn't a serious relationship at all. But I was like, I can't go to the birthday. And her giving me this really hard time about like, what a terrible friend and this. I'm like, look, you guys are going to be like eating cake. And like, you know, I can't, if I go, I'm not going to be fun. You know, I mean, I I wasn't a bad weight cut. That's what that was. I think it was cut. I was a, a 138. Um, and I used to walk around like 155, 160. So that was a, that was a bigger one. Yeah. You know, I was look like a completely different guy years before. <laughs> we'll, we'll find pictures, but, um, it's hard for someone to understand what you're going through. You know, where like, there've been nights for past competitions, where, like, Hey, I'm going to be home late. Cause after training, I'm going to go to the sauna or I'm going to go here. I'm fine. I understand what you're trying to do. And if the sauna's broken, if we had a, a, a local gym with a co-ed sauna, I would even sit in there with you. Just because it, it's tough to sit in there when you're just sweating and quiet and your mind starts to, to wander or you haven't had any hard cuts yet. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, like, I remember, like, cut, cutting for fights easy. and having friends hold the door closed because I'm trying to get out, oh, you know, no. like, and that's common. You, you can see that on any, like, Ultimate Fighter reality or whatever, like, those nasty cuts where you just want out. Yeah. Um, I understand what you're doing, and I understand when I look at your grocery cart, and I'm like, oh, sweet, kale and quinoa again. Here we go. Like, <laughs> it, I know what you're doing, and so I'll tease you about it, you know, as I grab donuts or whatever, but but I understand. So I think being in a, a couple who, who are both involved in the same thing, the support network is huge. It's really, really huge. But the flip side of that, so when I kind of scribbled some notes here, boundaries where I've seen couples who don't have boundaries. Like we used to have a married couple that they no longer train with us. And I would see the husband because he outranked the wife. He was trying to take my job. And as a blue belt, trying to like coach his white belt wife. And a lot of times he was giving bad advice. And then the way the advice was presented was like very, I don't want to say like, almost like belittling, you know, and, but it wasn't like coming from a place of knowledge or whatever. It was just like, dude, not only are you rude, but you're wrong and rude. Mm -hmm. Like, 
and it wasn't his job. Like I told you, it's a coach's job to make you uncomfortable or whatever. It's not a blue belt's job. Like it, you know, when you're a blue belt, you still don't know shit. Like you. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And (laughs) and it was just, it was just ugly. And so you got to have like some boundaries. Like, okay. If it's like teammate to teammate. And Hey, like let our professor do his job. Mm -hmm. It is not your job. Your job is to support me and uh, and to film my matches and to cheer for me and to even if I lose, tell me you're proud of me. That's that's the job. That's it. But like, if you're if you're coaching your significant other, and you're not the coach of the school, you should probably fall back a couple steps and and leave. Don't try this shit at home, kids. Leave it to the professionals. <laughs> You know, it, because it, you're going to make a bad dynamic in training and then you're going to bring a bad dynamic home and, and it wasn't even your job. Like, you're overstepping. So, like, with us, we know that's my job. Mm-hmm. I'm just doing my job. It's not personal. For someone who's doing a job that's not their job, that's 100% personal. It's not their place. Yeah. You know, it's one thing to be helpful. You know, if, if I was a you know purple belt or a brown belt and you're a blue belt and... You and I are working together. I'm like, hey, maybe try this, try now, not that, or I can answer your questions or whatever. But, like, the way this guy was going at his wife was, like, <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. So you got to have boundaries, too. And maybe those boundaries are something as simple as, like, hey, I go to AM class, you go to PM class. We just don't train at the same time. We don't have that option. We don't have that problem. These are <laughs> suggestions for other people. <laughs> Sometimes I wish I Hey, like, don't be so hard on me for one second. <laughs> okay, we'll try it that way. Do you like that gold medal, though? Yeah. Oh. It's kind of heavy. Mm. So maybe I know what I'm doing. <laughs> I, know, I know you know what you're doing. Hey, just, just a thought. So yeah, we talked we talked about a lot of stuff. You know, the competition support system. I think there's a lot of pros, and and there certainly there are cons. Um, are you but, making that face? No, because I'm thinking about it. Like, you look at jiu-jitsu, It's a lot of different things to a lot of different people. So sometimes it's an escape. You know, some guys come in because okay, I got a rough job, and you know, screaming kids and whatever, and it's an escape. And so it it could be tough if your escape mm-hmm. also includes your family. You know, that's what we should really talk to like, you know, Damien and Tanil about that. That would be cool to get them on and be like, man, what's it like? Because that would be a lot of fun, especially during the pandemic when everyone was working from home and it's like, holy hell, like we were lucky enough to be open. So the family got to get out of the house, but then they're all in the same place again, you know, <laughs> like what type of strain you and I don't run the Academy together. You go to work. So, mm-hmm. and the Academy is a hundred percent mine. I don't have to consult you when I, make a schedule change. I mean, I ask you your opinion on things, but ultimately this is my business. I'm going to do mm-hmm. whatever I feel is best. But like maybe like a Angelica Andre Gabal situation where they, they run that place together. That would be a whole different batch of challenges that you and I know nothing about, mm-hmm. you know? So, Very much so, but I think any of these relationships can work. My, my final thought on, on those would be just jujitsu is great. And the relationship with your team was great. And just make sure that if you're going to risk it, that this relationship is worth it. Don't make it like some hookup pool 
like and just bounce from person to person and whatever. Because I've seen that in, in other academies and associations. Yeah, and and it's it always ends poorly, and then someone gets a bad reputation. And but I mean, like, just make sure it's worth it. Make sure that this person is as important to you as jujitsu, if not more. It's worth it. Yeah, for, for us, it seems fantastic. I mean, it's got downs, but then another thing I made a, a note on was bad relationships. And so the word relationship might not even be the right thing, but so this I'm going to talk at people. If you are a student of a school, not even an instructor, a student of the school, and every time a new female signs up, you're trying to like instantly connect on all of her social media platforms or always be her partner and making, so we had to remove someone like this from our school a couple years ago who was making inappropriate comments and things like, I hope if you're doing this that all the big brothers and the mad enforcers find out who you are and run you off because a jiu-jitsu academy is supposed to be a place anyone can go Mm -hmm. and feel safe and not be constantly hounded by uninvited advances and things like that. That should never happen. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, in that instance where we had to remove that guy, by the time it was brought to my attention, it was too late. And I will always forever regret that those females didn't feel that they could have came to me. Mm-hmm. Somewhere along the lines, I screwed up because I would have bounced that guy the first time. And, and I ended up losing more than one. And the, the, the straw that broke the camel's back was he went after a minor. Mm-hmm. And somehow or another, we stumbled upon it. And I could see, you know, the proof that guy was gone. It, it took me half a second to make that decision because... Everyone should feel good about where they train and shouldn't have to worry about predators. And I think this is probably more so the male towards female thing. But, I mean, it could totally happen the other way, I guess. I just, I haven't haven't encountered that. Mm -hmm. But, like, if you're out there and you're listening and you're that guy, don't be a dirtbag, bro. Like, that's it. And, And this goes to social media, too. Quit saying shit to jiu-jitsu girls on Instagram that you wouldn't have the balls to say in real life. Don't slide in their DMs with dirty comments and whatever. You make whatever academy you're a part of look like shit. You dishonor your instructor, your team, your association. Knock that shit off. And I know I'm swearing more than usual because this gets me angry. Because no, I don't care what she posted. I don't care what she was wearing. You don't have the right to just come out of your mouth sideways and type some foul shit. Like, and if that happens, I hope her instructor and her teammates, and her, I hope they all rain down on you. I hope they screen capture it and share it with everyone. I hope everyone finds out what a dirtbag you are if you're doing that. Because these women are just out here trying to do it too. They're trying to compete in a predominantly male sport, and they're doing the same work and making the same cuts and the same sacrifices and because they post a picture in a bathing suit or whatever that does not give you license to be disrespectful. It's just disgusting. It's just titties, bro. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> not what I expected from you at all. We needed some, like, light commentary. I'm <laughs> curious how much stuff. filth comes into your box and you don't tell me because you know I would kill people. I don't post anything that would allow for people to 
You know, but not all these girls, that's not it. I mean, just the fact that you're a girl and you do jiu-jitsu. Like, I've even heard, I've been at, like, open mats, and yeah, I, was, I was teaching a seminar, seminar somewhere once, and I'm not going to say where. But I remember hearing someone say something to a girl, like, man, I can't, I wouldn't be able to pass your guard, but I sure would love to try, or some, something creepy, mm. right? Or, you know, anytime they post a picture or, like, uh, someone will, put up a picture of like a flow or whatever. They'll put up a picture of like Mackenzie Dern or whatever, or um, who's the other one that you like? Oh, I'm drawing a blank right now. Maggie? Uh, Jezzery. Oh, Jezzery Matuda. Yeah. She's a beautiful woman, a fantastic athlete, a great instructor. And she'll post some picture or something, and then some dirtbag would be like, I'd love for her to triangle me. Grow the f- up, dude, mm-hmm. right? Like these are people. That's never happened to me. Probably because of how I look on the mat. <laughs> it's just, it's I have disgusting. a lot of hair. I, it's, uh, it's, man, I could do a whole 10-hour episode about why social media sucks, but just. That's just the slogan. Don't be a dirtbag. Guys, just do better, man. Like Be better. Yeah, that's it. You know, it's one thing to, if you want to send a message be respectful hey i think you're beautiful and i and i love watching you compete or i'm a fan or like even that's almost borderline, that borderline. right but like if you're sending eggplant emojis and you're telling someone i'm saving that for spank bank material i really hope that when you step yeah. off the curb like some random bus plows into your ass oh boy like that's just disgusting uh, and we need to hold each other accountable. If someone on your team is doing that, call them out. Pull their card, right? Because they make us all look bad when they do that. Yeah, got to keep our teammates in line and stand up for each other. Absolutely. And more and more women are getting into jiu-jitsu, and that's fantastic. I can't wait for the day I can say that this is not a male-dominated sport. But right now it is. Even if you look at the divisions and, like, the the amount of people registered to competition or even just the coverage, female jiu-jitsu athletes do not get the same amount of coverage males do, and that sucks because they're working just as hard, Mm -hmm. if not harder. So I hope that changes. But if you're listening to this and you're being a dirtbag on social media and we find out, we are blasting it out there. Apple Podcasts. One star. We're already there. Can't get any worse. (laughs) Can't get any worse. Maybe we'll get some cool female followers who appreciate us championing for them. Ladies, stand up for yourselves. And just also, oh, also. No, this this was years ago. A female friend of mine from a different academy. She was a photographer. She used to take some really great pictures of my school. And she was just constantly being sexually harassed and made to feel super uncomfortable by a black belt where she was training. It wasn't the, the owner or the professor, just, just a guy there. And she would never say anything to anybody but me. And the only reason to me, and we were several cities apart, so it was like I wasn't going to go do anything. But she was like, I just got to tell somebody. And I'm like, why don't you tell your professor? No one would believe me. He's a black belt. I'm a blue belt. Like, that is such bullshit, mm-hmm. right? I don't care what rank they are, how many time world champion they are, what, how many Gracie mags they're on. If they're being a dirt bag, you have to tell someone. Because if they're doing it to you, they're doing it to someone else too. And that ultimately hurts the entire jiu-jitsu community. And that's just unacceptable. And I don't care about rank. World champion, black belt, whatever, doesn't give you license to be a douchebag. No. We all need to remember that we're humans 
and we have to have a certain level of respect for each other and respect for boundaries. You know, I think that's just super important. Man, we've covered most of it. Questions? We do have time for questions. I have a few. <laughs> Let me find the list. So, okay, this is a good one. What kind of exercises or drills can I do at home with no partner? I'm finding it hard to make it to the gym regularly. Man, that's a that's almost like a whole episode. And so we had read this one before we started recording. And Ashley had a really good idea. We should we should make some videos. And I think that's something we're going to try to do. Maybe really utilize we the promise. Yeah, we're gonna we'll shoot some maybe at Open Mat Friday, mm-hmm. um, and and get some. I think not just like drills and things, but taking some of what you really know as far as stretching and things. Um, I think that's some really useful information, and that's really where you shine. And you usually have a better chance of hurting me that way than rolling with me. So wow! Oh, you tap me all really the time. Really excited for a second, and then really you not. tap me all the time during your stretching sessions. Wow! Oh, that shit hurts, man. It's good though, but like I think that would be useful. Like some, hey, here's a couple things you can do for this and that, and and you are the person to do that because not only are you a PTA, but you're a jiu-jitsu competitor. Like so, you see it from both sides. I think that'd be fantastic. I know some stuff about mobility. Mobility. I was going to say, I can't even say it because I'm getting so sleepy. Mobility and mashing. Mobility. All right. So um, just super quick answer to that. Things I have done, um, you know, you got your your basic things. Things that we take for granted in every jiu-jitsu academy, the warm-up. So we hip escape and we roll and we this and we that, right? Those things. Like you don't need a mat really for that because they're not impact things. If you move some furniture, like kind of freestyle. Hobson does this, what he calls shadow rolling. And uh, when I started doing more of it, I noticed that my movements were really improving. It's kind of freestyle. Like I'll, you know, I'll backwards roll right into a hip escape, to a sideways roll, just combining different elements from the warm-up and just trying to make them as seamless and fluid as possible. That helps. Um, for me, I study. I'm a nerd. When I'm alone, like, and I don't have a partner, what I will really try to do is study competition footage. Like, mm-hmm. I think I've talked about this in past podcasts. Where, like, find someone who is whatever your weight division is. And uh, even if you're a white belt, find someone who is, like, you know, purple belt, brown belt, black belt, competitor that you like, and, f- and follow them, maybe on social media, or just make a list of YouTube or whatever. And, uh, study how they compete and how they move and and see how they're operating with that body type. And studying competition footage for me has been way more beneficial than instructional stuff because everyone can do really cool moves when the guy's not fighting back. <laughs> you know, but seeing it in a live situation is super valuable. So, yeah, I would say find someone who's kind of like got your, your build, your whatever, and study. Um, since this is the relationship episode, I think we should all stop trying your moves on your significant other at home if they don't do jujitsu. <laughs> I hear this story all the time. Oh, I went home and I just want to try this with my wife or that. Like, that is not the way to get them to want to do jujitsu. You cranking on them or sweeping them over, or it's not. It's not good at all. No, no. It's uh, yeah. I think one thing that. You told me once was to look up like solo mobility stuff. And so, yeah, actually, I watched a couple of videos and then I kind of did 
did what you said. Like I pieced a few things together. So I do what feels good to my body. So I do that like probably a couple times a week before class. I'll just move. Yeah. Like I'll go from like gorilla hands. <laughs> I don't know really what it's called. but So like I'll do that and then I'll go into like a, a forward roll, backward roll. Yeah, just the, the shadow just, rolling. It feels good. Like, yeah, absolutely. And you become really bodily aware of, you know, where you are, where your balance is, yes. where you're, and uh, your roles become smoother yes. because if you watch. You're doing what works for your body. Right. And you watch good jujitsu guys, they're in a constant state of motion. You know, like I, that was the one thing I noticed when I first met Professor Hobson was like, this dude never stops moving. Even when he's not moving, he's moving, if that makes sense. Like, there's a shift in the weight or, like, a, um, and he's just very, I've watched him do all types of, like, what people think is, like, crazy high-level cartwheel passes. No, he just is very, he's in control of his body. He starts to, and he's been called one of the greatest guard passers of all time because he starts down one path and someone blocks it and he just turns on a dime and cuts the other way. And, yeah. you know, and, like, you, you have to be very in tune with your body. Mm-hmm. We've people ask too, what else should I be doing? Do some yoga, you know, like um, the yoga for BJJ app. I think is fantastic. You do have to pay for it, but it's um, worth its weight in gold, probably. And it's probably something I should be doing more of as I get older. You but I think just I should just film some mobility and stretching type stuff too, because I know so much about that. Well, I tell you what, if you guys want Ashley to do that. Let us know, <laughs> right? Like drop drop some comments or send us some DMs or whatever. If that's something that you... Gross. If, <laughs> if that's something... No eggplants. If, <laughs> if that is something you guys want, uh, yeah, we would we have the, the person to give it to you. And, and I will do the other side of that. I'll film some solo drills. There's some things I like to do with my belt or with a physio or a Swiss ball. Um, this is a tough one for me to answer on a podcast. It's not a video because... I got a lot of stuff to show. So maybe that should be something we focus on this weekend. Let's let's bust out a couple videos and put those out there. I would love that. And maybe we'll uh we'll crank up a Dojo Storm YouTube channel even. Ooh. Ooh. But That's what the people want to see actually our faces. Maybe so you yours. Can, they can see how much you wave at me to be quiet. I thought he was going to do it again. It's just smirking. Nope. <laughs> That's why this will never be a video podcast. Oh, it should totally be a video podcast. Then everyone would see all the times I flip you off. <laughs> and Keiko trying to control the buttons. That's the cat. People That's think cat. that we have a sound engineer named Keiko. We don't. Oh, it's, no. it's a fat orange tabby. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I feel like we didn't answer that one that well. It's but, a very tough one to answer Um Okay, check this out, though. <laughs> there is a book called uh, Drill to Win by Andre Gaval, and it's no longer in print. And the used copies are like $250 or whatever. Mm-hmm. I have one. I will never loan it to anyone. But if you find a copy, get it. Because <laughs> it's 365 drills. It's a drill a day for a year that's supposed to improve your jiu-jitsu. And... Uh, I did not stick to like a drill a day and some of them are solo drills. Some of them are partner drills, but the ones I did and that I brought into my teaching into my academy and some of the things that you guys do in the warmups and all I got from the book, um, that book is amazing. So awesome. drill to win by Andre Gaval. It's the internet. You can probably find a PDF or a ripped copy or something somewhere. 
Um, but that's got a lot of good stuff in it. Stefan Kesting too on YouTube. Yeah, I think he's got, he's got a bunch of solo stuff up there. Um, oh man, I can't think of the other guy too. The guy who started Grappler's Guide. It's like Jason Scully, I think. He was a team lloyd Irvin black belt long before you started jiu-jitsu, way old school. He used to make all these great videos on YouTube, free things. And it would be like 10 things you can do, but everything is sped up and it's played like this fast music. So it's kind of hard to follow it, but it's like 10 solo drills, boom, 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 boom. And the whole thing is 10 solo drills in like 60 seconds or something. Uh. Yeah. But there's good information there. And it took me the longest time to figure out that you can click on the little gear on YouTube and you can play things at half speed. That's when I started really learning from his videos when I slowed it down. So yeah, I know that wasn't the like the best answer, but um, we will we will provide some resources for you guys. We'll, we'll get cracking on that. Let's go to some of the other ones. We were gone for so long that we have good ones. Okay, what is a good age to start my kids in jujitsu? That depends on the kid. Yeah, a hundred percent. Because so this is great because Ashley's helping me with the uh, the the very small. So we start a program for four to six year olds, and we're just playing some very basic games and tricking them into learning jujitsu. Mm-hmm. Her daughter's in that program. The games have been huge. That has changed. But there are oh, still God. certain kids who the games are too much for, mm-hmm. and so I think. I think you should just um, know your kid. I was going to say, you just got to know your kid. Right, and <laughs> and know what they can and can't handle, and then see what the local academy offers. If it's uh, So we took our, our little kids' class, Ashley and I, after a lot of talking, we took it from 60 minutes back to 30 minutes. And, uh, it also so, made a huge difference. Right, so the attention span is on. I think at the very least you need to have your kid potty trained. Yeah. Okay. That's a huge one. Yes. You cannot, you can't expect your kid on the, to be on the mat with a diaper or whatever. It's just not even hygienic. Yeah. It's just, and we ran into that in the past. They obviously are not there developmentally. So why would you, why why would they remember and pick up anything? Right. Um, but circle, circle story time at the library still see what your local Academy offers. Mm -hmm. If they're offering an hour long class for a four year old and you know, your four year old is just not built for an hour, then don't do that to that program or those other kids either. You know, you don't want, and I know everyone has this like mythical idea that jiu-jitsu or martial arts is going to fix your kid. Your local martial arts instructor only has your kid for an hour to two hours a week. They can't fix all the things you're supposed to be doing at home. So you have to know your kid. Um, if you think your kid is up for it, great. Um, please don't gauge how much your kid likes to roughhouse as being ready for it. That's what parents are always like, oh, I can't wait to get my kid. They just love to roughhouse. Cool. That's not what we do. No. Right? Like there's a time to roll, but we're, we're working on attention to detail Very and following different. lessons and, 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 you know, instructions. And um, so, yeah, it's, you're going to have to feel your kid out. I mean, I started training... Very young, you know, and I know a lot of other martial artists that all of us, you know, we, we all started, you know, at the earliest possible age. Mm-hmm. Um, but every kid is going to be different too. Mm-hmm. Also, your kid may be able to get through a class at four and they may suck and that's okay too. You have to let them suck. Like if they're not causing problems and they're listening and they're whatever, and but they just aren't getting it, that's okay because kids are going to develop at different 
It's still really good for them. Right. And, and it's good for them to try and to come up short and to try again. And that's all good. Don't yank your kid because other kids are promoting faster or other kids are like wailing on your kid. Um, don't try to protect them like, oh, man, everyone's submitting my kid, so I'm going to pull them out. No, mm-hmm. keep your kid in there. See it through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't pull your kid because of performance, you know. Um, and it's, every kid's going to be different. Like certain – I had a, a kid when I was teaching in California, and he was with me for a couple of years, and he wasn't very good. And um, he decided I'm going to walk away from jiu-jitsu for a little bit. And that really sucked because – I just enjoyed the kid. He wasn't very good, but I enjoyed him. And his older brother trained, and his older brother was a genius, like a prodigy. So the younger kid, he takes some time off, and I'll say like a year or more passes, and then he comes back, and he goes, hey, I'm I'm ready. And this kid's so respectful. He goes, will you take me again, or did I blow that? I'm like, no, dude, you can always come back. And when he came back, something in his brain had switched, and he was the prodigy now. (laughs) And he was just man, I could show it, he could do it. I mean, we're talking about a kid who could like Bolo and reverse De La Hiva and on. He's like 12. That's awesome. But somewhere around the age of, you know, 10 or 11, he was like, mm, I'm not here, I'm not ready. But when he came back, he was, he was game on. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important to like know your kid and also listen to them sometimes. Sometimes they're going to tell you, like, oh, I don't want to go because, like, they didn't get a stripe and their, their homie did or whatever. And, like, if you know your kid, you know why they're saying the things they're saying. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, if, if for months on end they don't want to go, they don't want to go, they don't want to go, okay. It's not going to be a valuable experience or whatever. That's not how it went with me growing up. I didn't have a choice. Um, and that's probably how it will run in my house too because I, we know better than them. If we left it up to them, they would eat cake, all their meals, they would never brush their teeth, there'd be no bedtime. Like, that's, that's, what, that's the world kids would live in. That's also you live in. Correct, but I earned it. Mm-hmm. But when I say that I would, like, make my kid go, it would be, like, the minimum, the two days a week. Okay, you can give me two hours, Right. It wouldn't be five, six, seven, competing, going to seminars. No, 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 no. Okay, you you do the two classes a week, and you do your chores, and you get good grades. You've covered all your bases, and you're fine with me. And that's just so you can defend yourself. You don't even have to love this. The minute you're out of the house, you don't have to keep going. You don't have to be a black belt or open a school. I, I actually don't want my kids to open schools. I, yeah. I, I want them to to be lawyers and doctors and your daughter wants to be a veterinarian and I think that's amazing. Wants to be a baby doctor. Oh, it changed again. That's always been what it's No, she told me veterinarian the other day. Oh. Cat doctor. It was it's been a baby doctor for a couple years and then now she says she wants to be a singer. She told me jujitsu and teacher the other day. I told her she could do both. (laughs) I said you can a hundred percent do both of those things. So yeah, just we got so far off. Um Know your kid and know what the program is and then go see it. If a school won't let you do a trial, and I know it's getting more and more popular as paid trials, and uh, at first I was like, oh, that's really weird. You know what? No, pay for a trial because you are still receiving something from them, and especially with kids. That's a lot for instructors to like kind of herd cats. If a school is <laughs> doing a like, hey, you can do two weeks for X amount of bucks, Give them the money, get the shirt or whatever, and and test drive it. Because one class is not going to be a good 
your daughter's first class was not good. Bad. And now I think she's at the top of her class, her and her little buddy. Mm-hmm. Um, those two girls are killing it. Mm-hmm. I mean, l- really well. right. I mean, they are the class leaders. Mm-hmm. So one trial class isn't enough. And the other thing, when a kid goes to do a trial class and they don't have a gi on and all the other kids do, every time they're weird because they, they don't look like everyone, they don't fit in, they yes. don't, right? That gi is like a super cape. So if a school is wanting you to buy a gi during a trial, do it because you're going to see a difference in your kid as soon as that gi gets slipped on. Mm-hmm. In fact, I have a friend who does not let people do a trial class for kids until they buy a gi. Mm-hmm. So like the, that's, that's what his deal is. If you buy a gi, you get like two or three weeks or whatever free. Nice. But on that very first class, they have the gi on. Mm-hmm. And this is something I, I keep saying I want to do it too. But... um I think that's really good because that's always one of the, when do I get the suit or when do you know, it's always the suit <laughs> or, you know, I want my belt. That's why I like you the best. I have another friend who makes kids earn their white belt. They don't get it. Oh. They get it at the end of their first week. Oh, that's cool. And I was like, oh, also a cool idea. Like, cause they learn the positions and they, mm-hmm. you know, and like they start off with, Hey, I worked for something mm-hmm. as opposed to, Hey, this just came in the bag. You know, that's something I've always played with too. I like that idea. So know your kid and know what the program is like and shop around too. Not every academy is going to be the right fit for your family or your schedule or your budget, or it could be all of those things. Great price. It's next door to your house and you just don't like the instructor or you don't like, then that's not the right place Mm -hmm. because if you're not comfortable, your kid's going to pick up on that. Mm -hmm. Your kids will read you. So one more? Mm-hmm. Keep this one shorter. There was one in here I wanted. Ah, okay. I am about to do my first jiu-jitsu tournament. I'm a white belt. And my school is constantly doing things that are not legal for tournaments, i.e. heel hooks, toe holds, and knee bars. Holy shit. <laughs> okay. Uh, huh. That's dangerous. And I'm not here to bag on your instructor or school. Um, it's, it's a bit negligent. Also, I don't know if this is coming from like an MMA academy or what. It was very vague. Mm-hmm. Um, that would make sense. If it's coming from like an MMA environment where they're training fighters, then yeah, they're going to teach all of these things. Um I think you should voice to your instructor like what you're trying to do. Like, hey, I'm, I'm doing this tournament and these things are not legal. Um, can you show me things that are? Mm-hmm. And if the answer you get is not the one you like, you're free to leave mm-hmm. and find a school that aligns with what you're trying to accomplish. I would not try to train for MMA in a traditional gi jiu-jitsu academy. Mm-hmm. It just wouldn't make sense. And I wouldn't try to train for an IBJJF title in an MMA school. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and also if you're just feeling unsafe, then you shouldn't be there. I think this question is like deeper than what they asked. 
maybe there's more to it and they just didn't want to come right out and say it. But no, there's the IBJJF, while a lot of people don't agree with it, the rules are based on some sort of logic. White belts should not be ripping at each other's knees and things when they don't quite have restraint yet. They don't understand position or control and it's just dangerous. Mm -hmm. So, and that's why those things are outlawed at, at that level in tournaments. My particular academy, we stick to the IBJJF rules. Mm-hmm. Um, we have some local tournaments that allow certain things, and we'll work on them here and there. But you still got to know your audience. I'm not I'm not teaching any of those things to white belts, especially yeah. new white belts. It's already scary rolling with new white belts. <laughs> I don't need them trying to heel hook me. It's just not cool. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, if you... And they said first tournament too. So he may find out he doesn't even like these things. But like if, if jiu-jitsu tournaments are something you want to do, you should probably put yourself in an environment that is set up for jiu-jitsu tournaments, who has coaches who have competed, who know the rules, who and not just know the rules, know strategy and can explain points and advantages to you and, and who are going to be able to coach you. And so that was kind of a loaded question. And I feel like I didn't answer that. I'm not answering questions very well today. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> nah. Guess that's it. We are approaching our 90-minute mark. We're both zapped. Mm-hmm. It's a very long day. I think we got everything. We hit our questions. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> We've never actually finished before. Yeah, we have. No. We have this timer that runs in the studio, so we know not to go over. Our last one was short. Uh -uh. Uh-uh. Well, we can always talk about lots of other stuff. No, I mean, we're good. I just make sure we cover all our bases. Okay. Is there anything you wanted to add on, on any of that? Like, you were, in the beginning, you were talking a lot, and I can see you fading. It's as it... 11 o'clock. I turn into a pumpkin at like 10. Yeah. So Ashley's fading. But before we cut sorry, off, yeah. is there anything that you wanted to add on, on any of that, mm-hmm. on, on the relationships or um, the, the poor treatment of, of women in social media and the jiu-jitsu community, anything at all? Just, just want to empty your head before we go? Uh, no. I mean, I have opinions about social media and <laughs> I think that it's very fake, and I think people are just putting out whatever they want other people to see. So if that's becoming a problem, then the way to get rid of that problem is to get rid of your social media. Yeah, or I mean, at least make it private and be more selective of who you allow in. Yeah, I mean... Speaking of, everyone is curious why you're not posting anything from the tournament. No... No pictures, no metal shots, no podiums, no nothing. Get on it. Okay. That's what that's I just, for. I, that's what that's for. I'm not very good at posting. I don't, I'm not interested in that. I literally use Instagram to look at pictures. You would rather post pictures of your crazy post jujitsu training hair than your gold medal, which is so strange. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay, so... I don't know. I don't know why. To play the other side of it, there are women out there and maybe some who listen to this podcast who are following your journey or are even looking to you as some sort of light and or inspiration. Like, I think it's cool for people to see that you're really doing it. Yeah. That, like, 
Yeah. You, you know, I last season you said like, hey, I, I want to be a, a champion. And you're doing it. <laughs> you are a... You know what? I have a lot of trouble with that. I, I know. Um, I, like humility to me is very important. And I would never ever want to like shove it down anyone's throat. Like, hey, I'm doing this really cool thing. Like, I think the everyday stuff is. But really you're not important. shoving it down anyone's throat if they click the follow button. You're not forcing anyone to look. But I the people who true. follow are interested in what you're doing, and and want to feel, you know, remotely connected. Mm-hmm. Like, even a couple people have given me a really hard time about deleting my Instagram, mm. and sometimes I feel like that wasn't the right move. But I get caught up in what you said, the fake stuff. I'm so tired of like, look how great my life is. And I'm like, dude, I know you. Like, I I actually know you. Your your life's not that, you know. But it's like you and I and Joseph were talking about, and and Professor Joseph and I were talking about dinner the other night. Like, when social media used the right way, like, you can make some good connections and and forge some relationships. And And I really like sloths, so. Oh, my God. (laughs) Please stop sending me pictures of sloths all day every time you get a break at work. <laughs> I'm so tired of sloths. They're just the, the creepiest, creepiest little animals ever. Yeah, oh, my goodness. So cute. No. Um, if I had access to the Dojo Storm Instagram, that's what would be on there, too. There's a reason you don't. Nope. Okay. <laughs> nope. All right. And... <laughs> That is the sign that we're going to bring this one to an end when she starts making her sloth noises. <laughs> Those are baby sloths. Yeah, that's terrible. Well, I will um, hold one someday. Great. Um, Think about how good they'd be at jujitsu. They're so good. Slow is smooth. Smooth is fast. Sloth. Yeah, Me. but sloths aren't even smooth. Can so we smooth. stop? This episode was not brought to you by sloths. Uh, we're going to wrap it up there because she's now acting out what a sloth looks like and I can't even, so, (laughs) and I don't even know what that means. Um, no, this is a good one. I think we covered some stuff that like maybe other podcasts don't want to touch. And, uh, I would say we could probably do more. And you know what? Like, because this is a couples jujitsu podcast, this is going to keep coming up like as, and that's fine. It's because the. It evolves just like jujitsu does. So I think it's good for people to see that we are real people and we have real yeah. <laughs> conversations and conflict and it's fun. And all everywhere. of these conversations are conversations that would have happened anyway without the microphones here. I think that's one of the cool parts of the podcast. We're not acting. I mean, <laughs> this is really, she really makes sloth noises. I really pick on her this way. I we, mean, I'm definitely toning it down. I would, yeah, actually, I this, in big trouble. This, this is probably her on her best behavior. I'm on my best behavior. I'm sitting in a chair for 90 minutes. That does not happen. Uh, well, all right. My so butt is numb. We are going to stop. <laughs> That's the timer for the 90-minute mark. We should have stopped when you made the sloth noise. Anyway, this has <laughs> been... Uh, <laughs> This is why we're rated one star on Apple Podcast. Uh, <laughs> so this has been another episode of the Dojo Podcast. Um, 
powered by Gymdesk. And also shout out to our people over at Choke Lab. They uh, they hooked you up with a fantastic gi for this past competition. So I would like to point out that six people competed for my team this past weekend. Three of them wore Choke Lab gis, and Ooh. everyone in a Choke Lab gi got a gold medal. Now, I'm not saying <laughs> that a Choke Lab gi will get you a gold medal, but I'm saying choke lab you'll get you a gold medal so maybe you ought to slide on over to chokelab.com and uh, and get you one of those and we will have a dojo storm coupon code for you guys on the next episode they're they're working that out for us um because this is a this is a lifelong marriage between dojo storm and choke lab and we might even do some collaborative instructional stuff between myself and professor joseph so yeah we got we got big things happening so check out choke lab Get you a gi, choke lab gi equals gold medals. That's all I got. What do you got, Ash? Oh, I thought you were going to say goodnight, Ash. Goodnight, Ash. No, you're supposed to say, say goodnight, Ash. Say goodnight, Ash. (laughs) Goodnight, Ash. Jesus. It's been real, y'all. We will talk to you soon. Perfect.